Welcome back to the Work Miha podcast, a place for mujeres motivated to cultivate the life they deserve. I am your host, Sochi Carmona, founder of Work Miha, an apparel and accessories brand for Latinas who unapologetically celebrate their culture through empowering and relatable messages. Thank you for joining me and enjoy these inspiring conversations. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Anne Dunning, the co-founder, along with Christina Kelman of Vamigas Skincare Brand. Vamigas is a Latina-owned, vegan, cruelty-free wellness brand at Target created from Latin American botanicals from Chile, Peru, Mexico, and more. Their mission is to create a space for Latinas in clean beauty and wellness and educate everyone about the cultural context and power of Latin American botanicals. I'm so excited to have Anne on the podcast today and learn more about the journey to creating Vamigas. So welcome, welcome, Anne. Thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias. Yes, I am so excited. I actually, as soon as I saw that Vamigas was available at Target, I was like, oh my gosh, is it available at my Target here in Chicago? And the items were, so I have some Vamigas products yeah. myself. So, Excellent. yes. I, I love, love to hear yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. I ran, I ran. So, here on the podcast, before we get to getting to know Anne and Vamigas a little bit more, we like to get a little astrological with it. So, Anne was kind enough to share what we call our top three your sun your moon and your rising just to get to know her for the core a little bit and see where these placements kind of pop up along the journey too i think that's always fun for my chismosas out there so for those of us most of us know our sun sign that's our birthday and is a fiery aries sun so our Aries are known to be the first to start, the first to finish, where whatever they set out to do, that active, energetic sign can be direct, straightforward, our dramaticas, happy Aries season, by the way. <laughs> and then moon sign. So our moon sign rules our body and our emotion. So actually, this is the sister sign, the opposite of an Aries, which is the Libra moon. They are a very friendly, warm balance balance <laughs> rarely as a direct um and then the rising sign which is your motivation for life and they say as you kind of get older you maybe lean more into your rising sign a little bit so also uh taurus rising little earthly element here plantita mommy those plant-based products coming in here <laughs> And for our Taurus, you know, while they have that strong personality, they're not known to be maybe as aggressive as a typical Aries. Um, this is maybe a more softer, more laid back kind of appearance. Uh, that stability of the control. So it's it's kind of funny where it's like maybe the sun and the rising is conflicting or maybe is it balance? And maybe that Libra moon kind of brings in all that balance together. Wow. That's wild. You literally just described me 100%. <laughs> like, like, no, no joke, because I've always only focused on the Aries part, uh -huh. right? So I was always like, yeah, I'm pretty Aries, but there's certain parts of me that are not super Aries, and that sort of Taurus element makes so much sense. Mm. Like, I'm not as aggressive as my fellow Aries, <laughs> who, by the way, happen to be very entrepreneurial. Have you noticed that many of your guests are Aries? Yes, yes. I okay, mean, okay. The Aries, I, my Aries are fire signs. The Aries and Leos are going to very much on that wow. leadership, you know? <laughs> That's super, super interesting. Yeah, but you know, you got it down 100%. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love to hear and see where those kind of elements peek through, especially a lot of our like founders too, with like how their mission statement is crafted in the brand. Like, I think that's just always fun. But 
Now that we got to know you a little bit more astrologically, can you tell us more about yourself? What were you doing before Vamigas? And how did you meet your co-founder, Cristina? And how did this idea for the brand come together? Sure, sure. So um, a little bit of uh, background before I sort of started my career. I'm originally from Chile. I, I was born in Chile in Viña del Mar. I came here to America when I was uh, nine years old in elementary school to the San Fernando Valley the, um, in Los Angeles, the A18. And, um, you know, we, I, um, you know, it, it takes a few years to sort of get accustomed and you know, learn the language. So, you know, it was always, it's always a rough uh, first few years, a rough start when you're a kid uh, in a new school, in a new country, right? In a new world and learning the language. So um, my, um, my, I, I, you know, I, uh, my parents um, ended up as, um, uh, be, you know, becoming postal workers. Um, I went to UCLA and USC um, and ultimately ended up in uh, Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. So somehow in LA, in you know, uh, so I, I, I got a, a degree in um, from USC in um, public relations and strategic pu public relations. And I ended up getting mixed up in the startup space in mm -hmm. Los Angeles, which back then was very, very small. This was back in like uh, mid to the mid 2000s, right? And, and, and they, they used to call it Silicon Beach, right? Which is so funny to me. <laughs> it's like Silicon Beach. And now, but now it's, it's getting really big mm. and it's a really nice big space. But back then it was very, very small. So I started out working at some startups. I ended up um, sort of doing my own practice, uh, uh, doing public relations for, um, for, for startups. And the way that that happened is after working for many agencies in Los Angeles where we worked with brands like Warner Brothers and, you know, even Unilever and Dr. Pepper doing their digital mm -hmm. marketing, right? I sort of started um, becoming more uh, drawn to the public relations space, right? Versus the digital media space, which is funny because people usually do it the opposite, mm -hmm. right? They start in traditional PR, they go into, di into digital uh, media. So, through that, I, I really kind of created a, a nice niche in um, online um, public relations, right? So back then I was working with blogs and, you know, back then mom blogs were, were, you know, the first sort of influencer culture mm -hmm. that was getting up and, and, and going. So that was really interesting to, 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 uh, see, um, there were a lot of Latina mom bloggers too, that were up and coming. Um, and so I really got, uh, that sort of, like, like I got into the starter space through that experience mm -hmm. and I ended up in, um, Silicon Valley, I moved to San Francisco uh, because I went through a program called Startup Chile, mm. which in, in Chile is a program created by the government that's still, that's still, um, it's still uh, like a thing right now. People can still apply to it where you can get $40,000 to, to create any, um, to basically create a startup, to build a startup, but you have to move to Chile. So I was like, oh my God, this is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. I could move to Chile for six months, build a tech startup and, uh, you know, and then come back here to the, the States and really get it going. So, you know, I, 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 uh, my, I, I, my sort of hope was to create an influencer tool. This is back in 2011. Mm. So it was an influencer management tool. Um, back when the influencer culture was just getting mm -hmm. started. Unfortunately, I failed miserably. I didn't do, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, the program Startup Chile is 
incredible and it's amazing. Um, but I, you know, things didn't really go as, as planned. And so I ended up coming back here to the States um, with a lot of the startup connections that I had created in, in uh, Chile. And I moved to San Francisco where I started working with a fellow, um, with a fellow um, Startup Chile founder. We created together a um, PR agency. And that became uh, one of the fastest growing PR agencies for startups in San Francisco and Silicon Valley. Um, we sort of created this um, system where that helped, where we were able to help startups scale through media alone and through story ideas. Mm -hmm. So it was very, very different than sort of traditional PR. It was, you know, the stuff that is is hot now is story ideas and, and, and creation of stories instead of press releases, right? Um, which, which back then it was all about press releases, mm -hmm. right? And so through that, I was able to, um, you know, get a, my, you know, my, my, I think my career really, really took off in, in San, San Francisco, in the um, startup space, in the startup space. And after a few years, I um, became involved with a company called Pipeline Angels, uh, which I, you know, I, I'm connected with them to this day, led by uh, the, another amazing Latina, um, Natalia Bertinoguera. It's essentially, it's a network of women and femme um, angel investors. And we get together. It's, it's sort of a boot camp where you learn angel investing mm -hmm. and you get together and you invest in um, uh, black women and Latina led uh, and owned startups. And we invest in them together. And we have, you know, pitch, pitch sessions where, um, you know, startups pitch to us and we end up writing, uh, you know, a group check. Right. And so through that, I met um, Christina, mm -hmm. Christina Kelman. We like to tell people we were the two of the very, very few Latinas in Silicon Valley and two of the very few Latinas at the time investing. This is back in 2017, 2018. And uh, what, so the beginning of Amigas was um, when, when I met her, I was going through IVF. I had, I was having fertility um, struggles. I went through IVF and I sort of fell down this rabbit hole of green beauty and what clean beauty means. And um, this was, created this sort of spiral was created because my doctor at the time at um, a couple of actually an, a few of the the clinics where I I went um, you know you would hear things like don't use deodorant mm. during transfer don't use anything with fragrance during transfer right and I started looking into the, why that was and and well you know the the doctor would sort of say that it's because of the fact that it gets in the way of transfer because it has some hormone disruptors that, mm. that get in the way of the process so that was mind-blowing I was like oh my gosh like but people are still using these you know ingredients and like I'm still I don't want to use the you know these ingredients in my skin care, even if I'm not doing mm -hmm. IVF, right? So I did some research um, at the same time that sort of Christina was getting into it. And we found out that Latinas are um, essentially, um, we have the highest levels of, of these hormone disruptors, disrupting chemicals um, in our bodies, even when tested during pregnancy. So pregnant Latina women were found through these studies to have more of these hormone disrupting chemicals than the general population. And researchers think this is because we buy more beauty mm -hmm. products. So the, the number is Latinas buy 30% more beauty products in the general population. And so these studies at places like Berkeley and U, U, you know, UCSF were finding that we also had more hormone-disrupting uh, chemicals. And so that, um, you know, that correlation uh, led to 
me, you know, the sort of conversations that Christina and I would have, which, which was like, why aren't there any Latina-owned clean skincare brands that specifically cater to Latinas at top retailers, right? So there's clean beauty, right? There's honest, there's, uh, you know, goop, right? There's, there's, there's such a like beautiful sort of clean beauty niche, but we never really kind of felt represented in the clean beauty space. Mm -hmm. And there weren't any, even indie beauty brands at the time that were Mm -hmm. clean beauty and that were specifically targeting Latinas. And so we got to work um, on naturally derived, completely naturally derived ingredients um, from our uh, homelands. So we know we 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 found out that you know things like Chilean rosehip, which is harvested wild from the Andes, um, it's even considered an alt retinol because it's a sort of a less harsh version of you know retinol, right? And um, and what's incredible is that all these ingredients we were finding that well we knew, but we were also finding that there were famous for healing uh, the skin mm-hmm. in uh, Latin uh, America. And uh, that's how Amigos was born. Wow. Wow. And then, I mean, it's kind of a nice combo you guys have. You know, you have kind of like that PR marketing background. And then um, Christina has maybe some, the experience in like the beauty space. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. So she, well, so her background is, um, in uh, finance. So she comes from, she was one of the, you know, very few Latinas in finance at the time in Silicon Valley too. And then many years ago, she actually got into the beauty space. Um, She has her own beauty um, uh, uh, makeup line and she had it for many, many years. Um, So she already had that experience. Um, She had pivoted to the beauty space and I came in through, um, you know, to cover her around marketing mm-hmm. and uh, pu- public relations. So absolutely, it was a very, very good, it was um, a very unique and very, um, very sort of excellent combination f- in terms of uh, being co-founders. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love that. And then as you say, she's like in the financial space too. You know, you guys have been yeah. in the Silicon Valley, but also, so yeah. I very much have been very interested in the beauty especially when you have youtube 2014 2016 like all of that so it's like i watch you know all these brands and you know how they kind of launch products they launch and so for me i feel like launching in the beauty space you know can get pretty expensive you got not only chemists the products the packaging uh moqs pr mailers when you get into the influencer world too to really get your name out so for you guys how did you decide to fund this was this your own personal yeah. savings, investments, yeah. bank loans. Yeah. So we were, so we were lucky. We were, we were blessed. Um, and we had this privilege that we were able to create careers in, in San Francisco, in Silicon Valley at a time when things were really sort of, you know, happening and, and, you know, we were, I was able to build a really, um, excellent client base. And, you know, so I, you know, I created this excellent career that allowed me to be able to invest in, in, uh, startups, right. I mean, after many Mm -hmm. years and so did Chris, Christina, except in the finance space. So we, um, we pooled, you know, the, the money that, uh, normally we would have been, been investing, um, that specific year in angel, um, as, as angel investors, 
that money went to creating this uh, brand. Mm. So it's 100% um, self-funded. Um, although we do have recently, we did take um, our first check um, from Whole Foods. Uh, so we're, we're going to be launching at Whole Foods in May. You're the first firm, you're the first I'm sharing this with. So Whole Foods um, invested in us uh, very recently. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And then that was definitely going to be, you know, one of my questions. So she's most of the damn. So I'm trying to follow along this timeline. I love to follow um, businesses, especially like on the social media just to see the evolution of the brand and everything and just in general like see timeline so you guys started in like 2021 correct and so it exactly it's 2023 and like you said whole foods so i'm seeing on you know the instagram you know uh available whole foods i see jc penny anthropology nordstrom and now you know target you know so 2021 2020 it's been two years y'all coming in hot you know so it's so so many Wild. questions so as i'm going through like the timeline it's looking like march 2021 maybe is when like yeah. those launches those peaks yeah. and by september yeah. 2021 i see like nordstrom kind of stores announcement yeah. Yeah. april 2022 yeah. you announced you're part of the target takeoff program yeah. August 2022, I see kind of like that Whole Foods cohort being announced on there. And now you're officially in Target. So, so many questions. But, yeah. you know, and a lot of these programs, you know, were all the companies you guys kind of pitched to that you're in to carry Vamigas part of some sort of accelerator program like Target Takeoff, Whole Foods, like any others? Because I'm just wondering, like, if those type of initiatives kind of helped with the support of welcoming your brand? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they, the, the, these programs and the way that they help is they teach you the ins and outs. So for example, you were talking about the target takeoff beauty. Uh, we were part of the target takeoff beauty cohort, um, last year and also whole foods sleep program. And essentially what these programs do is they, um, it's almost like a classroom experience where you get to learn the ins and outs of the, the entire retail operation. And, um, you know, for example, you have a session on what you need to be doing before launching at, at Target. Mm -hmm. What is the onboarding uh, process like? What you need in order to launch, um, right, in terms of volume. Um, so it it's, so, you know, some of these programs are very intense, but they have been the most useful, I think, programs that we have ever participated in. It, it's probably been the bestest decisions of our, of our business for us to have said, yes, let's apply to this. And then yes, let's do it. Cause they really kind of hold your hand in terms of how to be prepared, how to be ready for uh, launching at these stores in the right way, not just sort of like launching and, you know, throwing, throwing stuff on against the wall and seeing what works, but being really, really strategically prepared and having all of the, um, all of the pegs ready, right? right? Like having all the, the preliminary work ready for you to be able to launch successfully. Mm -hmm. So for you, like if maybe there wasn't these type of programs or maybe the other stores you've yeah. kind of gotten into, like what hurdles yeah. do you feel like you would have or have you encountered as a clean beauty brand addressing like Latinas and women of color? Yeah, so it would have definitely taken us much longer to... Um, you know, to launch at these major retailers. I think um, 
you know, Christina's makeup brand. So Christina knew, she knows so much about the beauty industry, but she, her previous brand had not launched at, you know, places like Target and JCPenney. So it was a learning experience for her too. And so we were really just sort of like learning on our own, like, how do you pitch to buyers? You know, what do you say in your pitch email? How much do you follow up? Mm -hmm. Really like what you need financially, what you need to have ready, um, you know, uh, uh, like, what the volume is supposed to look like uh, uh, for, you know, like what you're supposed to say for buyers to think that you are ready to launch with them. And so I think it would have been a very, very um, a much more challenging learning curve, right? And it may have probably taken us a few more years had we not had these excellent, excellent programs to go through that answered all these questions right away, right? And, and so, and anyone who's listening who is sort of on the fence about doing any of these accelerators, I 100% recommend um, using that as your way in, mm-hmm. um, you know, as your sort of foot in the door. And also you get to meet these wonderful folks, these executives that want to help. They, they want to see these, these great indie companies, um, you know, in many cases, Latina owned, Black women owned, um, more, you know, they're trying to get more of us through the door. And so I think that's also a very, very a great way to meet some of these um, uh, champions mm-hmm. and allies at these uh, particular retailers. Mm-hmm. And then do you feel like you ever got any like pushback or anything because of like your mission or what you're trying to do or being like, oh, Latinas are going to spend money on that or, you know, anything like that? So, yeah, um, not from retailers. So I would say at the beginning, um, sometimes we would be talking, you know, interestingly enough, it was always sort of like maybe a vendor who we were interviewing to potentially work together. It was sort of like not the, the vibe that we would get is, um, well, what are you doing as a brand to increase your brand awareness? And it's like, we had like $3 million worth of PR coverage. Like what have you not Googled? Like, you know, so it was, I guess in a, like, in a, like, like Google me, you know, like I, I feel like in many instances it was sort of like, um, like not believing that we were big enough or ready enough to launch at certain places. And again, these weren't buyers at all. And these weren't coming from retailers. They were coming from vendors who are supposed to help you get into these, these big stores. Right. And it was just kind of mind blowing that they just sort of like, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of a word like, um, like not believing in a, in a company. It's just sort of like, just maybe, maybe because we're two Latinas, two Latina moms, Mm -hmm. you know, and sort of like the stereotype is like, well, how much do you know about the space and you need to do this and that? Well, we already are doing this and that. So, you know, so we did encounter that. Yeah. And I'm forgetting the word. I'm I'm totally forgetting the, the, the word not, not minimize, uh, um, well, I'm, I'm sure it'll come to me soon. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And then, you know, you're in stores like Nordstrom, uh, Target, can be in Whole Foods. I mean, and especially in the beauty space, you know, that can be maybe a very crowded space. I don't know, but like skincare, I feel like, um, especially with maybe like everything that's kind of happened with like COVID, I feel like makeup maybe has been struggling a little bit more, but I feel like maybe people are more looking towards skincare, but with so many different brands in these stores, which is great. You're in the stores, but now you're competing with all these different brands. How are you guys like seeing that you're standing out or like, how are you different? Yeah. So we're seeing a lot more, um, you know, the, the sort of level 
of awareness that we're seeing on social media, like I would say um, Latinas are all over our aisle. And we're seeing that, you know, every day we get so many pings, you know, um, of Latinas who are at the store, who are at Target, you know, sharing it in their, in their stories or in their reels or on TikTok, like they're in the store and they're specifically in there to grab a Latina owned and, and a, um, uh, Latina owned uh, clean beauty brand, right? So I think that's been huge it, it, that we are really resonate, resonating with Latinas, mm-hmm. you know, and let, Latinos too in, in, in uh, many uh, cases. So it's really sort of like, you know, and, and one of the things that I like to, to say is that brand is a brand nowadays is built on social, mm-hmm. right? TV advertising for, for brands, you know, press releases, that's all sort of, well, let me back up. TV advertising for brands is kind of a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. And now a brand is really built on social. So I think because of the fact that we built this community, not only on Instagram, but I think on TikTok, you know, on TikTok, we have 40,000, over 40,000 Latinas, um, and I'm telling you, it's like 99% Latinas. And all we do is talk about, La, you know, Latina wellness and, and natural beauty topics. And uh, I think that community has been just sort of groundbreaking in getting us to um, helping us stand out on social, right? Uh, uh, and uh, giving us that, that sort of like... Um, ability to say we are truly targeting Latinas, mm-hmm. which, you know, the thing that we set out to do, which is we're targeting, we wanted to target Latinas with clean beauty, mm-hmm. right? With naturally derived beauty that was healthier beauty. And I think we're kind of, we're, we're you know, we're, we're seeing that on, um, on uh, social. And so that's able to, that, that's been able to really help us um, stand out in, in the aisle, just being Latinx focused. That's true. Cause I was, I'm trying to think like how I found you guys. It was definitely somewhere on social. I don't know if it was like a press yep. release, something shared on social. Yeah. Then I followed. Yeah. And then as soon as I saw I was at Target, I ran, I ran. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I was like, Latina, <laughs> I love please, to hear I'm that. here for it. I ran, I got the spray and now I'm following. <laughs> and I was like, dang, I need that oil. Cause I'm about to run out of mine. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'd love to hear that. I love it. I know. I love it so much. And I I don't know. I I just think in general for Latinas, whenever I saw a makeup brand, I was like, okay, I'm on it. I have to try. I have to support it. But just to have that access, I think just makes it so much easier in stores because especially for skincare too, you know, that can be kind of hard to try to maybe sell online when you can't see. I don't know. There's just something about it. And not even that I can try it out in person, you know, but just there's a difference. Yeah, 100%. There's a difference there. And so I guess um, for you guys, so it was great that you were able to be self-funded, you know, and especially when you're kind of starting off, like you can just kind of see there's definitely an upfront investment when it comes to the actual product. The photography looks really great. The packaging design, everything else it takes to launch a brand. But like say maybe, you know, especially for a lot of businesses, like capital may be that hurdle. You know, if you maybe had a fourth of a budget, you know, like what do you think your focus, what would have been a priority for you to invest in for the brand? Yeah. You know, so the lucky thing for us is that because I'm in the PR space, I can pitch to media on my own, right? And I, you know, I've got all the contacts and I have all the, the, I can create all the stories and I can sort of turn on that PR bucket, right? I think for a lot of brands, that's the pro- that is the missing link is PR because public relations is really really expensive and it shouldn't be expensive and and so th- it should be sort of more democratized right and I think 
maybe that's just my personal bias, my personal PR bias, but uh, I think we were able to break out, especially early on because of PR. So I think if you are an, you know, if you have an indie brand that's, let's, you know, that's watching or listening, um, you know, doing your own PR or hiring a freelancer is key, mm-hmm. I think, uh, coming right out the door. Because once, you know, once, if you launch on, on social, it's hard to um, get noticed um, if you're only launching on social and if you're only turning on ads. Um, so, yeah, I would say that. I would say PR. And and honestly, doing your own PR is doable. Mm-hmm. You know, I... Um, uh, I think there's, you know, there's, there's several tools out there where, where that can sort of help these folks, um, do their own, you know, write their own stories and pitch media. Um, but also, uh, ads. So I guess in a nutshell, public relations and ads is absolutely key. Hmm. Nice. Great tips. Hopefully people are writing it down. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And also, and there's certain, there's certain like hacks that I didn't know about because I didn't come from the beauty space that Christina sort of knew all about, you know, you can, you know, and we, we really didn't spend that much money, like that much of our own money. It was sort of like knowing how to take, um, like she sort of just knew how to take short, like, I don't want to say shortcuts, but like, for example, product photography, there's ways to get photo product photography. That's not expensive. You don't have to hire a big fancy photographer to have like a huge shoot. You know, you can, you can find a startup that does that for at a fraction of the price. Um, you know, you can work with, um, micro influencers, mm. right. Um, who don't charge you like half a million dollars, right. For a post, yeah. right. Right. Uh, yeah, there's, there's just, I, I, I guess maybe a third tip. So my number one tip would be absolutely PR hands down. Number two ads. And number three, that would be, um, finding out ways to cut costs on everything that you do. And that's what we have found. That's what we've been able to find. Thanks to Christina. Thanks to the Steve Jobs that I have as a co-founder, <laughs> the Steve Jobs of beauty. The, no, the Latina Steve Jobs yeah, of beauty. <laughs> Esteban, Esteban <laughs> Jobs. Esteban, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. And then so for you, I mean, this has just been, I feel like it's just amazing to see this brand grow in such short amount of time but what has been maybe like the hardest part for you or the hardest thing for you along this journey well so i think let's see i would say so two things so one um we grew really fast and we we weren't expecting it we were you know we were this is a beautiful wonderful passion project that happened during the pandemic that was created during the pandemic you know i had just had my my baby and i i had sort of quit pr and i was like okay let's let's do this you know christina had been trying to to um to uh you know have me pivot from pr to beauty for a long time and finally i was like fine fine let's let's just do it and then i sort of fell in love with the whole idea so i think um the fast growth mm. and not expecting that fast growth and working with that fast growth, like managing that fast growth, uh, with a having, while well, having, I have a toddler, mm. you know, while having a baby at home, Christina has a, a preschooler, you know, dealing with, with that, you know, we don't have, we didn't have daycare, you know, we don't have help. Um, and, um, so that's number one. And then two, I think, um, 
being strategic in that growth. So trying, so sometimes I feel like the growth, the, the crazy amount of growth takes you one way. It wants to take you one way. And then you have to figure out, whoa, whoa, whoa is that really what we want to do? Mm-hmm. Right. So like being more strategic, I think is something we've learned too. Mm-hmm. So being very strategic about where we launch, where we want to launch, what, what are we going to say no to? What are we saying no to? What do we say yes to? Um, because back, th- so in early on in my career, and that's, that was a hard thing for me to do because to be, be more strategic, because I feel like the reason why I got so far in PR in San Francisco and with the whole startup thing is because I said yes to everything. Mm-hmm. So like the, the one tip that I would give to any 20 year old is say yes to everything mm-hmm. and uh, accept every client. And say yes to whatever people ask, right? Because then in your 30s, you can be like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and uh, so I think uh, learning to be more strategic and not saying yes to everything, that was an- another sort of challenge that, that I had. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that that would be it. So ma- really, and it, it all boils down to managing growth and being strategic around growth. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like, and maybe that's just like a whole nother conversation. I feel like especially for like women founders, women owners, you know, when you have kids, you're deciding to have kids, like how that kind of affects your business, maybe too, or like maybe that plays into like maybe needing to be more strategic with your time also. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Like I think, so I heard someone before I became a mom, I heard someone say, um, it's just some media, some interviews somewhere. If you want to give something, if you want to have something finished, give it to a mom <laughs> because you know, once, once you have a kid, you, so pre-kid, pre-toddler, right. I was like, you know, I would have, I would, you know, I would go into my co-working spot and have my cafecito and get all the, all my work done by, you know, 1 PM, 2 PM. Right. And now it's completely up. Your world is turned completely upside down and you have to be really strategic. I love that you use that word because you do have to be very strategic and efficient and effective in how you spend your time, what buckets you you, you know, you're focusing on some days I can only get one thing done, you know, and, and, and I look at my bullet journal. I'm like, oh my God, I have 14 things that I have to do. What do I need to get done right now? And sometimes it's just one thing, you know, mm-hmm. and cause the rest is like my toddler is climbing on the ceiling, you know, like my, uh, you know, and, or like she, you know, like I have to, you know, cook a healthy lunch for her or whatever. Right. So it's a very, um, you're right. You have to be very strategic and very efficient. Mm-hmm in your time and it really forces you to be more organized Mm -hmm. something 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 to consider but um next question what has been your favorite thing about this journey of creating vamigas oh my goodness the community i think i'm totally in love with our community and it's so much fun like so on tiktok like you know, we have, I feel like we just have like, you know, on TikTok and on Instagram, we have like 60,000 amigas. We have 60,000 friends and we have our, so we have our brand ambassadors and they're called our wolf pack Mm -hmm. and just folks that we can connect with and that give us feedback. And we really sort of truly feel connected with. And I love having that and like logging on in the morning and I'm I'm getting questions and I'm getting like high fives, you know, like, like when we launched a target, we got like 40,000 high fives, right? Like 40,000 likes and like, you know, people were going into the, 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 the store and checking us out and, and creating content. And that was all like, 
that was all just sort of created with a community. It wasn't even a strategic thing, you know, and, and I, I've absolutely loved creating the community. And I think this community is leading us certain to go certain ways uh, because like we want to give the, our community of Amigas what they want to see, what they feel, what helps them with self-care, what, what helps them feel um, like, like, we're sort of trying to hear right now from them, like, what is, what does wellness mean to them? And what are their forms of self-care and how can we give them more of that? Right. So that sort of community that makes me so happy and Christina so happy is also helping us move the business along, mm -hmm. you know, create new mm -hmm. products and new programs and whatever. So I think community in a nutshell community. Mm. <laughs> I was about to say like, yeah, like does that for the products, like what's next? Um, whereas also yeah. how did you decide what was first? Yes. Um, so what was first, I think we wanted to come up, we wanted to create with a minimalist, the most minimalist um, routine, you know, clean beauty routine that we could. And the reason for that is because, so I was always, I was super minimalist in my own like routine. Christina will tell you that she was, she was glam. She was very glam, you know, before she became a, a, a mom and before she sort of switched to clean, clean beauty. And I was very minimalist. I only used rose hip and like soap, right? And it was like and, you know, shampoo and, and conditioner, of course. But I was, I was never, I, I never really sort of picked up, you know, these additional sort of layers of, um, beauty products. And so we wanted to do that for folks who were also, um, you know, not only avoiding certain ingredients and who wanted, but who wanted clean beauty and who wanted just a minimal, uh, a minimalist routine. So I think, um, you know, we wanted to get away from the like, here's 14 mm -hmm. products that you have to put on your face every morning, you know? So I, I would say in, in one word, minimalism. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like especially as you get older, because I'm also a former, probably still am, and deep down inside glam girl. But I definitely, I think with time, I was like, we need that quick routine. And then honestly, yeah, if, you're, exactly. if you're base, it's your skincare is right. You can kind of, you know, do that. So I yeah. love that it's also minimalist because you don't need all those products. <laughs> Although it's yeah, cute. Yeah. But... <laughs> Exactly. exactly. I love it. Okay, so your brand has done so much in so little time. There's still so much more to come, I bet. But if you had to say, what goals do you have for Vamigas? If you can share. My gosh, yeah. Um, I would say, so we have something, oh my gosh. I want to I wanna become the goop for Latinas. Ooh. I want to become the Goop for Latinas, you know, and, you know, I'm not, that's not saying anything bad about Goop. I, you know, I just sort of, you know, the, they have built such a great brand and they have um, such loyal sort of um, customers. And, but I never saw myself there, you know, I, 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 like in the brand, both Christina and I have always talked about this, that where's the goop for Latinas? Mm -hmm. And I think that's my goal. That's, I think that's Christina's goal too, is sort of like, where's the wellness for, where are the, where are the like, you know, yeah, where's the wellness space? Let's bring the wellness space to us. And one of those, one of those reasons is, is, is because one of the reasons why that's so important is because the ingredients that uh, wellness um, and these clean beauty uh, corporations are using as pillars of wellness are all from Latin America, mm -hmm. right? Like chia, um, you know, tuna, um, 
prickly pear, uh, rose hip, you know, that's half of that is like Chilean rose hip, um, you know, uh, maki, right? All these sort of wonder ingredients, even in the food space, like when wellness uh, brands talk about food, it's all like quinoa, right? Mm. And chia and, um, you know, I, I just think that in many of these instances, like, Latin American ingredients and botanicals have been the building blocks of wellness, Mm -hmm. but somehow along the way, we were sort of taken out and not by, not on purpose, you know, but sort of like somehow we were uh, taken out of our own, um, uh, like, like we, like Latin America was taken out of the Latin American clean beauty space. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we want to bring, bring those back. We want to bring back that, that sort of honor. And we want to be proud to, to say these ingredients are from our countries are from Mexico, Peru, Venezuela, you know, El Salvador, Argentina. Right. So these are ingredients that came from us and our ancestors and the in- indigenous people in our lands. And um, we think bringing back wellness to us means also, uh, you know, bringing these uh, botanicals and ingredients back to us and, and contextualizing them and letting everyone know that, hey, these are Latin American, in, you know, these are Latin America's most magical ingredients. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. No, it's true. Cause like you don't think about it until you think about it until you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah, even, even things like I was talking to my mom the, the other day is, um, so p- there was a whole thing around Pedro Pascal talking and he, P- Pedro Pascal is Chileno oh, yeah. and um, he did a sort of a food, uh, uh, segment on vice or one of those food, like one of those outlets. And he talked about how, um, he was talking about avocado toast mm. and how it's huge in Chile and Mexico. Right. Mm. So it's like our abuelas have been making, Arisa abuelas are making avocado toast forever, but all of a sudden, um, avocado toast, some dude in Australia in the nineties was like, I invented avocado toast mm. and no, it was, inve- it, no, it actually was brought to Mexico. You know, it, it was like, like a huge in Mexico, you know, aguacate um, and guacamole. And then in, you know, in Chile, we had the miners who sort of had, you know, they, you know, it was a creation of the 1800s to have this, you know, avocado toast and we would have it every afternoon. And then all of a sudden, you know, in the nineties is like I said, this Australian guy started trying to sort of market himself as the inventor of the avocado toast. And then in LA, all of a sudden, all these brands in LA were like, come have our $27 avocado toast. We invented it LA. And so, all these articles if you research what's what is the basis of like where does avocado uh-huh. toast come from people think it's la but it's not wow. it was mexico and chile yeah. you know so even in just little sort of bits and pieces like like that oh my gosh yeah no, i don't even get me started especially if we go down the road and tick tock <laughs> with like uh b- the Haley bieber Haley bieber's brownie yes! glaze liner yes oh my god the agua water cowboy caviar yes uh, yes like, excuse me um there's just so yes. like yeah no oh my gosh no we need to yeah no. yeah <laughs> That's why we need more Latinos in the media, too, because it's like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. A hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I love that. Excited. Excited to see what else you all do. But before we end, I had a few uh, lightning round questions Um, so you can answer the first thing that comes to mind for your foot to expand. So the first question for you is what is your favorite me time activity? Oh, my God. Writing. Mm. I w- yeah, I, 
would say writing, and and we're actually working on a book right now um, for la uh, for Latinas, um, and it's going to be all about wellness and natural uh, sort of natural living. And so I have been having to do a lot of writing lately, and I'm totally loving it. I I, I was really I've always been really into writing, even when I was in Chile. Um, and so you know I used to love writing when I was little, and so I I would say writing. Oh, nice! I like that. Okay, next question: What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Wow, that's a good one. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, uh, can I say a bad word? Yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> oh, fuck here. <laughs> fuck here. <laughs> For forget about being afraid and just do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Just just do it. And I, I I see that happening. And you know, like I hear that a lot from folks, even in our community, who say, you know, I see like little comments where like I can't do that because it's like. I think, I don't think I know how to do that. Even when it comes to like planting, right? It's like, yes, you can do it. Don't be afraid to fail. You know, just don't be afraid to, to fail. Fuck fear. Mm, love it. Hashtag fuck fear. <laughs> awesome. Christina's going to kill me for, for cursing. I mean, that's, that's allowed. Very much allowed here. I got to stop myself. Okay. Next question. What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a business like yours? Oh, I, I, I know this one by heart. So find yourself a Christina. <laughs> <laughs> so find yourself someone who compliments your skill set. Mm. So um, she's a, an incredible product developer uh, and a product marketer. Mm. Okay. And she knows the ins and outs of the beauty space. And so find someone who, you know, when you go into business, don't, I think, we fall into the trap of like, I want to become, I want to start a business with my, my bestie. Just make sure that you're, that the person that's your co-founder has skills that you don't and that can jump in when you can't. So that's, that's absolutely mm. huge. That's one num number one, find yourself a Christina. Yes. I love it. Okay. Next question. What is the best resource besides Christina that has helped you <laughs> along your journey? This can be a book, a podcast, an app. Oh, that's a good one. Um, the startup space. Ooh. So I think overall the startup space, look in the startup space for how to grow a business, for how to grow an indie brand. So I feel like we're, we've sort of grown the Amigas so fast because we're, we're both, well, you know, we both come from the tech slash startup space. Uh, and I think, um, startups know how to scale quickly mm -hmm. and they already have the, the template. There's already templates out there for how to grow a company very, very fast and very, very lean. Mm. So I would say um, lean startups and, and, and just like get yourself immersed in, in startup marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. Nice. Love that. All the tips here today. Okay. Next last question. Where can listeners connect with you online? Drop all the handles, websites, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So our website is uh, www.vamigas.com. Um, and then by the time this airs, we may have a brand new um, website, which is going to have um, a, you know, a lot more ed editorial content. So you're going to be looking at a lot of blogs, blog, uh, excellent blog content um, on TikTok. I, uh, we're uh, at Vamigas on TikTok, and that's our primary um, head, 
our primary HQ, you know, that's where our big, our, the majority of our community lives. And we're, we do a lot of natural, you know, we're not just talking about products. We're doing natural living for Latinas. We're doing plantitas, right? Like we're doing chicken coop talk, right? So it's kind of like a green, um, you know, plant, uh, plant talk, garden talk, Latina talk, all in one and chicken talk. Nah. Um, <laughs> and uh, three, our Instagram, where we mostly focus on products. And that's Vamig- at Vamigas Botanicals. Awesome. And I will link that all down below in the show notes so you guys Perfect. can follow. Make sure to follow. Make sure to support and check out everywhere you can pick up your Vamigas products because I'm going to need to get some more myself too. But super excited. Thank you so much and for joining us on the Work Me How podcast. And for everyone listening, make sure to follow Vamigas make sure to follow work me how to keep up with some more inspiring amazing mujeres more episodes thank you all so much and talk to you next time bye thank you Visit workmija.com, that's W-E-R-K mija.com to pick up your new favorite chingona fuel cafecito mug or our bet on yourself mija and no pares mija apparel for yourself and your comadres chingonas. Don't forget to follow Work Mija on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for fun Latinx inspired content. Make sure to tune in to the Work Mija podcast and listen to more inspiring mujeres.